minutes. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Hello and welcome to episode 259 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. It is Freakness Week in Baltimore, Maryland. Thanks for joining us as tonight. We're going to have a pretty short podcast, but an important one, as we're going to talk about the post-draw that occurred today as we film this here on live on Monday night. Uh, they had the draw earlier this afternoon. It's a field of eight. We're going to talk about the race flow. We're not going to deep dive into the handicapping. That will happen on Thursday. We're going to talk about the race flow, who we think might go to the lead, the best closers, etc. And then also talk a little bit about the field uh, in the Preakness and the size of the field and how that might affect the field for the Belmont Stakes in three weeks as well. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. After you do that, hit that notification bell so that you know when new content will arise and also smash that like button. We'd really appreciate that. That will send uh, people to the YouTube channel, and we have grown tremendously, especially in the last month with the Kentucky Derby and just all the great content that we have. So we really appreciate um, everything you've done there. You can see on bottom of the screen at H Kravitz is my Twitter handle. And then uh, of course, scrolling on the bottom of the screen is my email H Kravitz horse at gmail.com. We've got two more shows tonight. We have a show or not tonight this week, excuse me, <laughs> uh, Wednesday night, our typical Ben and Boozen, 9 PM Eastern. This is a show that you do not want to miss. The Ben and Boozen guys do a great job, but this uh, Wednesday night is a big card they're covering. They're covering the Friday card at Pimlico, which is led by the Black-Eyed Susan, which is the sort of version of the Kentucky Oaks, Oaks three-year-old dirt race with a very talented Bob Baffert horse. Um, as he goes on his, uh, tries to get revenge for not being <laughs> in Churchill, I suppose, he's sending an, an armada to uh, Pimlico this weekend. He's got a horse called Faza, who's a very nice three-year-old filly who will be favored. Will the boys on Ben and Boozen like that horse? We'll find out. But there are several stake races on Friday. Friday's Pimlico card is excellent. And you could find out right here on the HH Racing Podcast through Ben and Boozen. Watch the show Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. And then our flagship show Thursday is slightly different. Uh, of course, we're going to have our great co-host, uh, Paul Halloran, but uh, Pete Visco will be uh, out of town, uh, well-deserved vacation with his family. So he will not be here Thursday. But instead, we have a special guest, Craig Mulkowski from Timeform US. He's one of the big shooters at Timeform US. If you're not familiar with Timeform, they're another uh, pace figure company like Buyers and Aquabase, a lot of other things. And Craig Mulkowski is as sharp as they come. And he has a big, big um, role at Timeform US. And he's going to help us with some speed figures through Timeform US. He'll explain the Timeform numbers. It's really going to be, and of course, he's going to handicap as well. And he's an excellent handicapper. So Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, the All Stakes Pick 5, uh, ending with the Preakness with Craig Mulkowski of Timeform US and Paul Halloran. But... Tonight, let's go and bring on our two co-hosts, actually. I wasn't sure we'd have two, but we do, which is very nice. Uh, first, let me bring on from the Saratoga Special and the Commonwealth of 
Massachusetts, Mr. Paul Halloran. And I guess he's done packing. I don't know. He's going on a vacation soon, but he's shaking his head. No, he's not done packing. But wow, this is quite dedication because he's leaving on vacation tomorrow. And it's not as if he's going just like on a three-hour drive uh, across states or something. From the great state of Maryland, home of the 148th Preakness Stakes, Mr. Pete Visco. How are we doing tonight, guys? Hello, gents. Hey, Pete. Pete, Hi, I wasn't Paul. sure you're coming on, but uh, nice of you to join us. I figured I'd jump on for a few minutes. We'll see how I'll see how long we go, and then I have to skip out and actually start putting my clothes in my suitcase. But I hear you. It's very exciting. Do you want to tell everyone where you're going, or do we want to keep it incognito? I know you're a fan. You don't want you know paparazzi following you and everything. But I mean, that's I'm gonna have to deal with that anyway, so it doesn't really matter. No, that's it's just. My wife and I, our 15th wedding anniversary is on Wednesday, the 17th. So we are headed to a resort in Cancun for a few days to relax and have some cocktails and, and get away from life. So that's where I will be. That's so I figured I'd pop like. on and talk a little Preakness with you since it is my you know current home state. A few drinks at the uh, swim up bar, perhaps. I love the swim up bar. That is that was a, that's the prerequisite. That's is is what there I a favorite about. one? Is it a margarita? Do you have a particular favorite drink, especially in Cancun? Or no, no, I'm I'll probably stick with beer. Keep it, you know, keep it, okay. keep it light. No need to drown at the pool at the swim up bar. So, <laughs> all right, have you been there before? I have not this resort though. This one, this one looks a okay. little different. So yes, nice. it's got the and it's got the nice where you can walk off your patio right into your own yeah. private little pool. So it's very nice. You hit a few pick fives, Paul, and the guy starts spending some real cash at the, at the oh, high yeah. level. Uh, Can't take it with you. I no, could have used not. a couple. I could have used a couple pick fives to to pay for this one. So maybe this maybe the Preakness one will, will pay for the trip. Well, Christine Race wishes you uh, safe travels. Obviously, thank you, Christine. All, you know, and, and enjoy the trip. Uh, it sounds fantastic. Uh, we're gonna be huddling up in our in our man cave, so to speak, watching the Preakness. So, uh, but sounds from what I understand, you might be checking out the Preakness by phone, or you know, might check out that race, right? Yeah, well, fly back that afternoon. So hopefully, we're not in the car. Hopefully, I can be in, at the house and be in front of the TV. That would be great. All right. Well, Pete, anytime you need to go, just let us know. We're yeah, I'll just go. I'll let you guys know. It's been pretty quick, 30, 35 minutes here at the most. We got a lot of people joining us. Uh, we got Tom Espinoza is here. Tom, I, I don't see any comments about the Golden State Warrior. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, that's okay. They got how many championships do they have? Like four or five? I don't We don't need to feel bad for the Golden State Warriors. Three. Um, four. Those, four. They got four. four. Um, anyway, we got Michael Austin is here. Uh, Roshan's here. Jim Pilar's got a lot. Of, let's see what Jim Pilar's has got to say here. Uh I had a much-needed successful betting Saturday. Thanks to the Power Picks. Wonderful, Jim. Thanks again, gang. And a lot of people were very happy about uh, uh, 26. I can't remember. I'm so bad with names. The the, the Belmont uh, Sprint. 26 course. Black. Oh, there you black go. They got bet, down. So. Yeah, bet down big time, but uh, did come through for us. And uh, we each had our own particular scores. Red Knight, by the way, Paul, New York Red. One of the oldest wow. grade one winners ever. Listen, these these turf horses. We're going to get into the Preakness here in just a second. But I got to ask about Red Knight, Paul. I didn't really, you know, preface that. But these 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 American turf horses, distance turf males are nothing special. I don't care. He's a nine year old who's won and beat a decent Euro. I guess you can argue how good the Euro was. But listen, he got the job done. He's as honest as they come. He's just an incredible animal. Yeah, I think we talked about him. Uh one of the last times he ran and, and I told the story, I, I wrote about a race that he won uh, back 
late last year, and Tom Egan, the old owner, told me that they were just retiring him. They sent him to the farm to basically, yeah. you know, lay him up with the intention of retiring him. And then, you know, about 90 days later, the guy at the farm called and said, uh, Okay. Uh oh. Well, not a robot this time, Pete. But uh... when you have a when you have an old uh, turf marathoner, you go to Mike Maker, right? And boy, I'll tell you, he he won that convincingly, Howard. He was pulling away from the heavily bet Euro and the others. Yeah, it was it was really impressive. Um, I left so... him off my. I couldn't believe I left him off my pick four. I have that horse every time, and I I, I went with the other horse instead, and and. For Stappen instead, missed a nice a pick four paid over nine hundred bucks. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it paid well. These older males just keep being. I'm, I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for um, Appleby to send over a, a, one of his top horses and blow our horses away by three, four, or five. But uh, who knows? Maybe it'll happen next month at uh, the Manhattan. All right, guys, let's let's get into uh, the Preakness. It's a field of eight. We're going to mainly talk about post positions and race flow and. Pete, as I was talking to Paul before you jumped on here, uh, as you know, Craig Mulkowski from Timeform US is going to be here Thursday. And actually, we're going to bring up the Timeform US also, uh, pace figs, because obviously we're talking about the flow of the race. That's something that we need to discuss. First, let's look at the field for the 148th Preakness Stakes this Saturday at Pimlico. And, of course, I've got to share my screen first. And here we go. Okay. Um, There it is. So it's a it's 1.5 million. Uh, it's a real nice purse, mile and three sixteenths. Um, it's a little bit shorter than the Kentucky Derbies. We all know this is a field of eight, and you see it right there. Um, before I even, there's no reason for me to name off the horse. Everyone could see. Pete, let's go to you first. When you first saw this field, or that you heard there'd be eight, first thing that came to mind. Uh, it's just a little disappointing because it's not the best field in the world. So I think, but that I think that was a popular sentiment. So I don't think I was breaking any ground there. It seemed to be, you know, we're disappointed that only one Derby horse came back, and the other horses in here, aside from maybe First Mission, aren't exactly the highest caliber, at least from what we've seen so far. Uh, Paul, first initial thought. Yeah, it's disappointing. And, you know, I've kind of been in the camp of, you know, this tradition and you don't screw with tradition and it's two weeks and then three weeks. But I don't know. I, I think they're getting to the point where the envelope is being pushed so much. You know, you hate to see a race like this with 148 years of tradition. I mean, yeah, you know, no disrespect. Coffee with Chris. I love seeing a Maryland bread in there, but. You know, I mean, I think perform is a price play, but still seven starts to break is made. And I mean, I'm going to definitely use the horse, but, you know, it's it, it's it's not the best field. Let's just say that. And I think that the key out is the number, you know, ha- having only eight, you know, you go from 20 two weeks ago and now we have one of the 20 coming back. It's just, I mean, you know, guys like Pletcher have been like that forever. You know, Pletcher's never come back unless he had the Derby winner, but others have, and uh, I don't know, let's just chalk it off to a down. Yeah, I, I do think while it's not the deepest field and there's a couple of horses who are unlikely, I think it's a pretty competitive betting race unless Mage is just a superstar. 
Paul, as of course, everyone knows Paul's a journalist. I know you like to make sure everyone is truthful and factual. 18 horses in the Derby, not 20 this Good year. Good point. But, yeah. Tw- but, <laughs> 24 at one point. <laughs> very good. Well, yeah, I suppose. They did go up to a very high number um, with, with, with the saddle cloth. That's, I, I, that would be a great trivia question. What color is saddle cloth number 23? Uh, anyway, um, you know what, guys? I'm really – I'm sort of tired of beating the negative – drum where all the horses small field i i got to this on twitter with someone and not not it wasn't an argument it's just a discussion it's just these guys like to have like a minimum of four weeks in general and to me and this is a whole other show for another day you guys but to me let, let's not change the triple crown i think i if they ran this in two weeks guys if they ran this race in two weeks from today or two weeks from from saturday do we really think to be 12 or 13 entered? I don't think so. I think it's a Preakness thing. I just don't think it has the cachet that even like the, the than the Travers for sure. And even maybe in the Penn Derby these days, I mean, it just doesn't, I don't know why it's a triple crown race and it's 1.5 million. But anyway, guys, I just, I think the, the way to get, obviously we need to do a better job of, of, breeding these horses and having them less fragile, obviously. But I think there should be some kind of monetary incentive, guys. How about free entry for anyone that, you know, for anyone that races in the Derby? Or how about anyone that races in the Derby is eligible for an extra $200,000 if they win? Or, or something monetarily? Because I have a hard time believing every single horse that's not running from the Derby is too fragile or just not good enough or is complete disinterested in this preakness. So anyway, guys, I agree with you. It's a little bit disappointing. I just rather they fix it as a, and, and not by, you know, extending the preakness out to the first Saturday in June, like I've heard and then the Belmont, the first Saturday of July, for example, which I've heard proposed real quickly, either one of you want to comment on the, on that particular proposal or just should they change the, the triple crown races just real quick. Well, I think you want to get you can't you know you, you can't put the Belmont on July fourth weekend, which you would do under the, in those circumstances. But if you were so inclined, you can go three to the Preakness and four to the Belmont, and always be done by the third or four, uh, fourth week of June. I'm not recommending that, but I, I, I don't. I wouldn't. I don't. So I saw someone you know once a month for the. I think if you were so inclined, you could add either one week to each or just simply one after the Derby and go three to the Preakness and three to the Belmont. But, Paul, you know, again, if you add another week to the Preakness, do you really think more Derby horses would go this year? I, I don't. Personally. Well, I don't think fewer would go. Well, <laughs> is it worth breaking tradition for one or two? You know what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, that's why I said I'm not advocating for it. I, I don't think – you know, I, I wouldn't do it based on strictly what happened this year. But if five years from now we're getting this type of field in the Preakness, then yeah, I think you got to look at it. Pete, real quick thoughts on this topic? Uh, I I I like the. I mean, I feel like the purses should be bigger. I mean, the Triple Crown is our sort of famous crowning jewel, and the price the the. I mean, it's one point five million. Somebody mentioned in it here. It's yeah, it's a nice purse. But there's other races that happen yep. that are nice. These should be. These should be top notch, 
top-notch purses. And I do agree. I saw someone on Twitter say something about like a point system where you got points for running in each race and then you can get some sort of extra bonus if you had the most points. I thought that was a cool idea, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think something has to be done just because you want to make the, the Preakness just generally isn't that important. I mean, it's only really important for the winner and it's gotten like that. I mean, I never, I don't remember Preaknesses that much. I mean, I very rarely, unless it was someone who wound up winning it and then went on to Belmont. So it was almost, he remember the aftermath as opposed to the lead up. I remember the Preakness being pretty big. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being old school and, and nostalgic, but anyway, guys, we're, we're going to move on. We got a lot of great comments. Matt commented that Matt Miller, who by the way, is also on vacation, Pete, not to Cancun. He's going even farther than Cancun. I'll just leave it at that. And he's going for two weeks. So uh, to celebrate uh, some milestones with his family. So Matt Miller, have a safe trip. You know where you're going. Um, um, Let's see. uh, uh, Jeff Amster thinks that saying 1.5 million is only is not necessarily good Uh, compared to the rest of the uh, you know purses. It is good anyway. Before we go back to Preakness, there's something we need to do, guys. And really, I should have been doing this more often. This is completely a host fail. Um, And and we're just this is gonna be weird because we're gonna see ourselves on the picture. But I want to bring everyone to our YouTube channel real quick. And again, it's going to look weird because, okay, there we go. Actually, it's not going to look weird. So this is a delay right now. So when you hear me talking, I could do this. Now really, now really going to mess people up because here we are live on the left side of the screen and in the screen. But what I want to do, that's going to mess things up. Let me go back to here. Um, if you guys look below the chat, and we really should promote this more. If you look below the chat here, you see this money. If you guys can look on the right side of the screen where my cursor is, and you see this dollar bill. You can support the HHH Racing Podcast by pressing that dollar bill. If you press the dollar bill, you can send what's called a super sticker um, for, you know, two bucks, three bucks, whatever. And any amount, listen, you want to send a $50 sticker, we'd be happy to take it. But just to say hello, just to say thanks for supporting the channel, you know, whatever. Or you could also send a super chat, which is when you when you chat something, ladies and gentlemen, it comes up highlighted. You, pre- you can go to the bottom there and you can change the dollar amount. If you just click on the bottom there, you can change it to, you know, let's say $2. And then you just click this blue buy and send button and it sends the message and also sends a little money our way. So maybe one of maybe one of the hosts uh, or co-hosts gave you a nice score and you want to send a little tip or whatever. It's just a nice way to sort of say thanks to the, uh, to the HHH Racing Podcast. And so... Guys, we gotta promote that more often. I should be that's that's on me. Um, it's a nice way just to say thank you. You can send fifty cents a dollar. I don't we'll we'll take anything. Pete, you could take any extra cash for some drinks, right? They're they can I'll be expensive it. down there, even an all inclusive. I'll take it. Whatever they want to send, we'll take. And spend. There you go. Um, anyway, so please support the channel. If you do send a super chat, we will automatically just bring your comment immediately on screen. That's another reason why to do it. All right, guys. Let's so we saw the field. Um First thoughts on, before I show the PPs, guys, first thoughts on pace situation. Actually, you know, let me just go ahead and bring up the time form uh, U.S. right now. If you're not, now we haven't shown this a lot on the show, guys, so this might take a little explaining there. But let me make this bigger there, and I'm going to make this bigger also. So if you look right here in the middle of the screen, this is what time form U.S. And Craig Malkowski is going to uh, talk about it uh, on the show 
on Thursday, but they actually have the four coffee with Chris guys in front and they've got the one national treasure just off and they have first mission just off. They've got mage sitting in a great spot on the inside. They also have finishing positions here. This is how they project the race will end. And they have mage winning with national treasure second and first mission third. Now this is strictly by the, um, the, the time from us numbers and they take a lot of things into account. So I just wanted to go ahead and show that. First of all, uh, Pete Visco, as I show the PPs, you would think national treasure from the rail is going to send time form us has coffee with Chris in front. Your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I, coffee with Chris is sort of has no other method. Might as well just go and, hear your name called and get on the lead and, and see what happens. But I do think with national treasure adding the blinkers again, although it's funny because last time in the Breeders cup juvenile, they added blinkers for national treasure and he still didn't go to the lead necessarily. That could have been circumstance, but you figure he doesn't, I don't know if he has a lot of choices than other than gunning from there and trying to get to the lead, or you just let the four go because you assume the four is cheap speed and the one could then sit off. So, I mean, that would be probably the most sensible choice would be sit off. Who was it? Was it early voting last? Was it early voting? Who won last year? And they had said they're going to, they're going to sit off and they were trying to make a big deal of it. I'm like, yeah, it's a lot easier to sit off of a cheap horse on the lead when you, then when you're sitting off someone who actually has a chance to take the field wire to wire. Paul, it's, it's blinkers on Johnny V is not exactly like a big send guy, but he's got the rail and with blinkers on, I have a hard time believing Baffert wants to sit behind anyone. I think he's absolutely going and he's a dead send. The only issue Paul's is national treasure has not been fantastic out of the gate. I mean, not slow, but he hasn't broken wonderfully in many of his starts. I agree with you. Um, I don't think this horse is all that good. Uh, Whoa. Uh, me neither. Back to I'm with you. I'm with you, Paul. Uh, I, mean, well, I never liked Show me. He, he is also eligible for one non-winners of one other than He's won a maiden race. Yeah. So it's great that he ran second to Cave Rock and ran third to Forte in Cave Rock and third to Reincarnate, who was awful in the Derby. Yeah, you know, again, I'd love to own him. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I, I think he they are going to be forward with him. But I'll tell you, if if that's the case, if time form is right about the four, Howard, and you and I are right about the one, this thing could melt down. So be careful of red route one that's down my, the stretch. Be careful, Howard. That's I'll tell I like, you who Paul. I'm using. I'll tell you who I'm using, and he. He looks over his head, but I can't get over that perform race that I made you put up on the screen last week. Right, well, um, we'll, Paul wants to jump right into the handicap. He's like, it's already Thursday Well, night. I'm just talking about race flow. If, if no, I know. I agree with you on the one. I just don't think the one is going to go wire to wire. And I certainly don't think the four is going to win. Uh, so, you know, we, we could be right back to Mage sitting a perfect trip and winning easily, couldn't we? The thing about the thing that's interesting here, I have a hard time believing the one and four are going to hook up in an eight horse field, but we've seen stranger things. But here's the thing I agree with you, Pete. The only chance the four has to hit the board or do anything is to send hard, hope he outbreaks the one and just take him as far as he can, as fast as he can, right? I mean, that if you're going to sit off of National Trevor, Treasure and expect to 
beat Mage and First Mission and God know who's else. Like, why are you in the race? I mean, these are also local guys. I think they want to hear their horse on the lead. I know people think that's crazy. I don't. I think this horse is going. I just don't think he's as fast as National Treasure if National Treasure breaks and has intent on going to lead. So, but I guess Johnny V could sit too. I don't know. It's going to be Yeah, why couldn't he? I mean, there's no other speed in the race other than the eight well, sitting perfectly. Well, I don't know. We got to, we're going to talk about that. I, I suppose. I just... National Treasure has never sat and gone by good ones, you know, and won. I mean, hell, like you said, Paul, he's only won a main race. I don't know. I, I think I think JR is going to – Johnny V is going to send hard. He's going to look to his right and see where the four is and then just decide from there. But the first few jumps out of the gate, guys, the one has to be sent hard. I mean, I, I'd be shocked if Johnny V doesn't send hard the way, like, Epicenter wasn't sent hard last year, according to some people. Like, I just don't see that at all. Now – the other horse that has speed on paper is this horse, First Mission, who, Paul, I know you and I are pretty big fans of. We saw McKeelan in person, and he almost got run over by Arabian Lion when Arabian Lion tried to, you know, you know, Irad pulled a little left-hand turn shockingly and sent uh, First Mission to a tight spot and won. The horse has a 110 early time form U.S. Pete, this horse is not slow, but of all the horses and all the scenarios in this race, Pete, Boy, it sure looks like first mission is almost guaranteed a great trip here. Yeah, I think more of a good trip because I mean, if you look at his his time form, you look at his the fractions. He's not necessarily fast. He just he's been in fields where he was able to get close and be near or on well, mostly near the lead, except for two back. But that was you know made in special weight. He was thirty cents. He could do probably whatever he wanted in that race. But no, I think he most likely sits a perfect trip. He can break well enough to where he can get behind the one and the four sort of what like time form had it and then maybe get a little spot and be first over right behind, probably right behind. I don't know. He might just be first over <laughs> just sitting there. Cause if the four clears and the one sits behind, or if the one doesn't let the four clear, then he can maybe tuck in behind the four. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I, Boy, Paul, I you could maybe people like or dislike this horse. We're, we're we're handicapping this race Thursday in great detail. I'm going to save. I have a very strong opinion in this race. I'm going to save it for Thursday. But Asayas, like Pete said, could either sit off the one and the four if they duel. He could be right off the one or the four if one of them doesn't quite go. It just I, I think Sayas. What would be his best scenario? I guess the one and four both go and he sits in behind the speed, Paul. Or would it be better maybe if he just sits right off? over as the lead I, yeah. I, either way to be good right I mean, yeah he's a, the three horses inside of him the eight none of whom the, the five walks out of the gate every time the six is is come from far back last time and the seven walks out of the gate i, I think Saez gets whatever trip he damn well pleases howard i if he breaks i agree i just i don't see how it isn't a great trip now that doesn't I predict mean... he'll, i predict he'll get a better trip than he did in the derby well, considering he wasn't in the Derby, I would have to agree with you. Um, no, he means no. Sia. I meant Sia. Oh, he was. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. See, well, do we have to go back to that? Um, yeah, that didn't quite work out for our boy TT in the Derby. Um, yeah, it, I, 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 that doesn't mean the eight's going to win, by the way, guys. And I don't know what your top pick yeah. is going to be. And I guess Pete, we'll, we'll let you get your top pick before you leave, or your top three if you even have it, because uh, you won't be with us Thursday. But um, you, you mentioned the clo- – let's talk about the closers real quick, guys, and then we'll 
we'll get into Pete's top three and we'll just end the show right there pretty much. Um, let's talk about closers. If it does heat up, who is the best closer in this race, Paul, in your opinion? Is it Red Route 1, who has a who has the best late time fig, but that doesn't mean he's necessarily the best closer because you have to take class out of things or count. Is it Red Route 1? Is it Perform? Is it maybe Blazing Sevens, who who I hear, and this is not a joke because we make we make fun of our, our last year's derby winner, but according to Chad, Blazing Sevens is working very well. So and it looks like he's working well, better than he usually does. But anyway, who is the closer we all should be worried about if the pace does collapse, uh, Paul? Well, I think if it's a total collapse, you're looking at Red Route 1, but a moderate collapse, yeah. I think Blazing Sevens could, could sit a very good trip. You know, it's funny. Months and months ago, I, I called him the Belmont winner. I don't know if they're yes. going to run him, but he might have as good a chance as anyone. Um, yeah, he is apparently training well. And more importantly, you know, Chad, was it two out of the last five years, I think, has skipped the derby with a horse who could have been in and – won the Preakness. So he, he, th- this is not his first rodeo at, at this uh, routine. I, I didn't mention this horse as a closer. And the only, the only reason I didn't is I don't, I mean, he's closed the last two, but it's because he's broken slowly. So I don't really know if he's, I guess he is a closer now. I I, I don't know, but Pete, I guess Mage is the obvious best closer, but I, 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 I think he prefers to be closer than he has been. It's just circumstances haven't worked out that way. Yeah, I can't imagine him being too far back in this one just from the fact that it's a shorter field. There's some really slow horses that are even potentially slower. Well, at least Red Route 1 is potentially slower even than Mage and and breaks a little bit worse. So, yeah, I just don't imagine. But I do think he's the best closer. So I think if it melted down, I think Mage would would just be the beneficiary just because I think he's the best of the other horses. I I just, guys, I do not see this race melting down i don't see a very fast pace i just i see 23 and 4 and 47 and 4 i just unless johnny v unless baffert gives johnny v instructions that just bottom out the field which by the way might not be the worst idea for national treasure just to go get everyone off the bridle and take your chances it's not johnny v's style though at all maybe won't he won with authentic right in the derby guys is that correct yep yeah, I mean, and, and so he's not like a any anyone with him in the Breeders' Cup Classic, but he didn't like run away. It's not like he was up by four or five and just ran them off their feet. So I don't know. This is it's it's interesting. I just have a very hard time believing that anyone's going to win from too far back, which to me eliminates at least on the win end. If it didn't already, to for me, it eliminates Red Rod one. It eliminates Perform and eliminates Blazing Sevens. In my opinion, if any of those three win, I will lose any horizontal bet at all. And just because I don't see the pace scenario being fast, um, do either of those any of those three have a chance? In your opinion, either one of you? Uh, I, I would. I will. Yeah, I would have Blazing Sevens on a horizontal ticket as at least to see, and uh, I'm okay. going to have Perform just because I'm I'm <laughs> captivated. Replay. I'm captivated by that replay. We'll, we'll show that replay. I've got it written down, Paul. We're going to show the replay at least five times uh, on Thursday for you. Well, and the other thing <laughs> is, one hell of a replay, you know, I'll tell you that. And he's not, they nominated him for what, 150? Is that right, Paul? They paid 150 to, to get in. And, you know, somehow he just has figured it out. You know, he was 0 for 5 
And, you know, yeah, Briggs has made the Tampa big deal. But, you know, Tampa has proven to be not a bad route to get to these races. Yeah. And, um, you know, he he obviously made up a lot of ground. And I'll tell you another thing. I am a Fergal Lynch fan, as we talk about jockeys a lot. I think Fergal is a, is a very underrated rider. And, hey, look, is he going to win the race? Probably not. If he runs second to one of the logicals, am I going to hit the exacta? Yes. We got a lot of interesting comments in the chat. Matthew Chimura. There, there's a lot. There's some national treasure love out there, guys. Uh, he lost time in the winter due to injury. Might be fresh to fire today or uh, on Saturday. Um, Jim Pilar's the national treasure's never passed a horse from the sixth for a long point on. That's sort of my thing with this horse. His best, uh, probably only chance is to try to bottom out the field. In his opinion, I hear you, Tanner Hawkins. Tanner, thanks for joining the show. I'm not sure we've seen. Uh, Tanner's comments before he's got mage over first mission over blazing sevens cold try has to be the first bet made no unless perform really improves it seems very obvious at first look sometimes you go for things that are not there I'm going to ask you guys one more question we'll let Pete give his pick three then we'll go if you're trying to make money in this race and Paul this will be more of a conversation for Thursday but I'll bring it up now you've got Oh, wait a minute. We've got a super, we got a, we got a super chat, a, a super uh, chat. We'll, we'll show it here in a second. Uh, between National Treasure, Mage, and First Mission, if you did toss one of those out of your try or exacta to try and make some money, who would it be? National Treasure. Oh, National. National I, Treasure I I'm with, seven well, days a week and twice on like Sunday. Yeah, I don't okay. really like National Treasure. I mean, if you have to get rid of one of those three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, national I, treasure for sure. Okay. Is that a, is that was that supposed to be a hard question or just like a? No, but I mean, some people might try to toss Mage because he's coming off of you know people. Some people oh, might not. Well, yeah, some yeah. Some people might not believe in first mission, and and he's going to be that hard. I mean, yeah. I would think okay. so. I don't know. It's just, you know, maybe not. Hey, look, national treasure, as you said, Howard. I I think he. I see a scenario. I don't think he's all that good. I do see a scenario where he can win, but. I think Johnny's instructions have to be to ride his race. We'll talk about it more Thursday. He's just got to make believe the four's not there. And that means whether he's next to the four or the four's ten lengths in front of him. The four is not going wire to wire in a, in a, uh, a ten and a whatever, nine and a half for a long race, ten and a, ten and a half for a long race. I will say this, Pete. If Coffee with Chris has the lead, he's going to have to go 22 and four to do it. I just – I would be shocked if the four has the lead. And if he does, it's going to be a very fast pace. Would you agree with that, Pete? Yeah, that's what I would hope for. You know, I I, I don't really like the speed, the horses yeah. that'll be on the lead. I, I mean, aside from first mission, who I don't think will be on the lead, but I think would take advantage of that of that sort of pace. So, yeah. Let's show Christine Race has to go, Pete, and then we'll get your pick three. Christine Race, $10. Wow, Christine. Yay, thank you very much. There, There's the super chat that we like from... Christine, that's very nice to you. Thank, Thank you. you. She Christine. said she's got to take off. Looking forward to tearing the car apart, building my own super day of racing. Pools will be high as a handicapper. That's what matters. We'll win money, cash, and I love it, Christine. Good luck to you, Christine. Make sure you watch our show uh, Thursday and then Wednesday's Ben and Boozen. And thank you very much for the donation, Christine. We really do appreciate that. Felice, uh, by the way, 45 to the half. I, I don't think so, Felice, but because Johnny V's not stupid. If Coffee with Chris just sends like a banshee, he'll just sit off and let him go. Um, Pete, I know you got to go, and we're going to wrap up the show here anyway. Let me bring up the uh, the scrolling banner as I do that. 
Pete, who's your top three for the viewers and listeners? Since you're not going to be with us Thursday, would you rather abstain because you haven't looked at it long enough, et cetera? No, I mean, I'll just say where I first landed. I I mean, obviously, I would put Mage on top. I think Mage is just the best horse in the race. And even if there's a little bit of regression from the Derby, I still probably think he's the best horse with the most upside, Um, even though First Mission looks like has a ton of upside, too. I, I like first mission, I would say, and probably second or third. And then I'm, I like red route one. I'm with Paul. The one thing I, I liked that horse last time for once, I don't usually, you know, Rosario hasn't been given the greatest of rides in the world, but I thought he fit this horse well. And if nothing else, Rosario is okay with a horse. So normally he takes a horse back that you don't want him to take a horse back. This one's just naturally in the back, so he's not hurting him by giving him the Rosario ride. So um, I like that he maybe maybe he, if he gets a jockey that can sort of figure him out a little bit and we do get a little bit of pace up front and we can get him at a little bit of a price if Blazing Sevens, National Treasure, take money. Hopefully he floats up a little bit and that's where I'm going to go. So it sounds like maybe three with five, eight with five, eight. Kind of yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, something like that. Try and hit it cold. Um, I do like perform with Paul. I, w- I would love to see that horse get in. It's just sort of a step up. I mean, I'd love to see two closers sort of come up and, and one of the two hit the board. And maybe we got to get something here to make this payout half decent. So and that's what I'd be, be hoping for. I mean, I think Red Rock One's actually be under 10 to 1, guys. I think he's going to be 8 to 1. I think. Perform's going to be 14 or 15. It'll be twice the price, you would think. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, you get some value there, Pete, for sure. And I think some people might, you, you know what? You know, it's not a bad bet, Pete, for you or other people that like Red Route One, maybe Paul, is just key him in third in your tries and, and try to play a big try with him in third only or maybe second yeah. only. Right. I mean, yeah, no, I would, I would do that. But I would also, I would take a shot with him on the horizontals just in a, you know, in a B or C position just to say, right. hey, you never know. What if Mage just fucking, which Mage just bounces a little bit and first mission for some reason from the eight hole, you know, never know what happens. Maybe gets hooked up with the wrong horses up front and you know, anything weird can happen. So and national treasure is just not that good or, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't personally like national treasure and blazing sevens. I don't particularly like either one of those horses in general. So I don't really have a problem taking a shot and tossing them. Although I probably put blazing sevens in as like a, in the horizontal somewhere just because. Okay. Yeah. Let's play this game. Then the show guys, we did this at the Derby on our round table. I thought it was fun. Pete and Paul, who, what horse will have the lead at the first quarter and what horse will have the lead at the top of the stretch? Uh, Paul, let you go first. Lead at the first quarter and lead at the top of the stretch. We were pretty good at this uh, with the Derby, by the way. We were all over it, actually. I think Coffee with Chris will have the lead at the quarter and wow. First Mission will have the lead at the top of the stretch. Pete? I second that. Exactly. That a boy, Pete. I, I agree with half of that. <laughs> I think National Treasure is going to lead, guys. I, I just, he's got to go. He's got to be a better animal and faster animal than four. I just, with blinkers on from the rail, and I, I agree. I think First Mission will have the lead at the top of the stretch. Will he have the lead at the wire? I say, I'll tell you on Thursday. How's that? Uh, for Paul Halloran and Pete Visco, Pete, again, have a safe, safe travels uh, to Mexico. Uh, enjoy. 
uh, the trip, and hopefully you'll be uh, watching the Derby and you'll hit your bet from that poolside bar. Uh, for Paul Halloran, Pete Visco, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 259 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Ben and Boozen, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, to talk about the Friday card. Flagship show right here. Paul, myself, and Craig Milkowski of Timeform US, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, to talk about the all-stakes late pick five that ends in the Preakness Stakes. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye.